Hi, everyone. This is a really long episode, so I'll make this quick. We are in countdown mode to the TV show at Demons Domain and Demons Discuss for the U.S. and Canada. So for our U.S. and Canadian listeners, when you go to sign up to Sundance Now or Shudder, this will work for both of them. Use the promo code LADYDEMONS. All one word, all caps. Okay? Lady Demons. And that will get you 30 days of watching or binging free. We got this code after this episode was already in the can, but it was too good not to share. Enjoy the show. Demons Discuss, take 46, the one with the daughter of the moon. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. What are we talking about today, Angela? Shadow of Night, Chapter 22. We get down with some 26 witches and a whole bunch of other stuff, which we'll get to. We couldn't So much so that we couldn't even think of a title for our episode because there's so much that happens in this chapter. I know. Oh, my gosh. We haven't Just named it yet. Crazy town. Hopefully we come up with a name by the time we're done talking. Yes. <laughs> Bear with us. <laughs> okay, so let's go into our sponsorship. Do you guys know what it takes to run a podcast? No. I've been told. Yeah. Insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did we when we got started. We went into this thing blissfully ignorant. But what we learned that it takes passion, time, patience, research, equipment, sound, cloud, storage, media hosting, web hosting, licensing, uh, yeah, money. <laughs> so that's where our patrons come in. And our patrons are a squad of volunteers throwing us some cash to help us hold this operation up. So thank you to our patrons. You go in with a morsel of an idea, which is the podcast, and then everything else is a la carte after that. You're like, what? My bill is, like being on a cruise, my bill is what? <laughs> yeah, you had all those cocktails. You don't remember? Oh, sorry. Yeah. We had no idea. Alcohol what... wasn't included. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Demon sin. Oh, my God. We had no idea what it was going to take to keep us up and running. But since we like it so much, we figured we'd reach out to our patrons. So what can our patrons expect in return, Gene? An extra dose of demons on our off weeks. What? That's the crazy. The after show is, yes, crazy is the word I would use to describe the after show. <laughs> and that's for any level. Any level. You go up the levels, you get more swag. We've got stickers. We've got totes. We've got anything that Valerie can dream up. Do you know what? We just had a patron join and opted not to get the rewards. What? What? Yeah. What? I, for- what? I forgot to tell you yeah, guys. Yeah, how do you know? It, it, it'll tell you when I when I log in a patron. Hey, you have a new patron. And she's, no, this person doesn't want rewards. They just want to support us. Aww, and I was like, wow. oh my gosh. So uh, we love our patrons and we love on you guys and, and we want to bring you the best after show we can. Sometimes it's a mishmash but I think our patrons enjoy it so if you'd like to join us go to patreon.com slash demons discuss and help us out and you get extra stuff. Yay! Our after show is a grab bag kind of like this chapter of Shadow oh. of Night. No joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so discussers, we've been so bogged down with everything that we haven't had time to collect our thoughts to send an email out to you. Bad Valerie, that's all on me. I have just been, I I can't lately. (laughs) I just can't. But we're going to do better. You have our word that we'll send you one out for uh, next chapter. And by the way, thank all of you that sent us in an answer for Ask a Demon and expect to hear our answers in an upcoming episode. Probably our Christmas one, I think. That's what I'm going to save that for. Yay. Perfect. Like it. And we have news, though. We do have news. Australia, Yay! you are getting a Discovery Witches TV show November 15th on Fox 8. Oh, my Lucky. God. Yay! Yeah. So just when you didn't know when you were going to get it, you thought, oh, it's going to be so long, a year. All of a sudden, they surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Australia, you beat us. Yeah. <laughs> And Everybody's beating us. I know. I know. Well. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be patient. <laughs> yeah. It's killing us, though. Oh, I love everything. There's like a, a Discovery of Witches TV on Twitter and uh, mm-hmm. Instagram. I love everything they're throwing out. But I know. I just uh, hope there's something left for us to celebrate about when we finally get it. Because everybody else is going to be like, yeah, I've been there, done that, whatever. Yeah. That's old Thanks. news. <laughs> old news. It's like, oh my God, really? <laughs> so, yeah, Australia, the TV show's coming to you. Good for you. Good on, good on you. Yeah. Yay. So Deb just tweeted about an hour ago, upcoming All Souls event, November 2nd, which is today, All Souls Day, Man Matthew's birthday, is the UK finale of Discovery Witches on Sky One and Now TV. November 6th, even luckier are the Spanish contingent. They're getting their premiere of a Discovery of Witches. I know. On Sky. What? Yes, exactly. Sky Espana. And just to dig it a little bit deeper, November 8th, New Zealand is getting their premiere on Sky New Zealand. And then as we already said, November 15th is the Australian premiere on Foxtel. Oh. Not so happy birthday for me. Pout, pout, pout. Good on you, New Zealand. Yay. Good on you, Spain. Woo. <laughs> um, we'll catch up to you next year when we talk about the TV show, which will be old news to you guys, but hopefully we can revive it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we have, th- I don't we have know. things to say about it. So we do. I'm sure we will. Yeah. We always do. Yep. Yes. Right. I mean, our listener in Kenya will be like, what? But <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the Chinese listeners will be like, huh? Huh? I don't know. They might get it before us, too. Right. Lord, is this right? Yeah. <sighs> oh. Well, with the DVDs coming out, they a lot of people could get it. Oh, gosh. My wounds. You're wounding me. <laughs> Okay, so are we ready for this trip, guys? Yes, let's yes. do it. All right, let's start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Lynn Serrano. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. We left off in Chapter 21 of Shadow of Night with Matthew and Diana dealing with the new knowledge that she's not just a witch, she's a weaver of spells. And she needs to face the reed in order to determine the plan for her future training. We open up chapter 22 and Diana is meeting with the witches from the reed. And this reed meeting wasn't just your typical 26 witches sitting at a table with a singular person across from them pleading their case like I wanted to picture it. Yes. Like somebody just standing in front of all these witches. Like like when we saw um, Cry Innocent. Remember we were in Salem? Oh, yeah. And they yeah. Um, had that little forum. That's what I pictured. Yeah, me too. It's like, oh, God, what's she going to have to deal with? Well, and Diana pictured it as well. So, <laughs> But do you know what it ended up being more like? I mean, you've got the first first little meeting with them, and it made me think of so many 
80s and 90s drama, comedy, sitcom type, the women in the town, or even better yet, Witches of Eastwick with the little, uh, the local grapevine, like one woman going to another and somebody pops into the store. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yes. Somebody else is meeting over tea and it's just the ladies' grapevine. And that's kind of how it unfolded yeah. in my head. I mean, I'm confident that when they film this, it's going to be something like that. Expanded. Yeah. Yeah. Like a preface, like you'll see people, like, like what you just described as the preface. Everyone's coming in with full knowledge, I think, between the prophecy and between, like you said, a grapevine. Uh-huh. And they just have to yeah. see her in the flesh. Yeah. I pictured it as like a college sports recruiting thing where all the coaches come to the people's house and they try to smooth the household and say, hey, come to come our college. On. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's like oh, everybody's even... knocking on everybody, knocking on this kid's door and he's getting all sorts of offers, but and they're trying to figure out, hey, we can train you to do this. And, you know, they're determining and it's like, hey, meet us here. Maybe not so much of that, but that's what I picture. Everybody just coming to visit her and meet her places just to see what's up. The, the witchcraft version. Oh, it sounds like, actually, it's kind of like the congregation's version of NCAA violations. <laughs> <laughs> congregation's going to find out and they're, they're going to get called in front of the NCAA. Yeah. Okay. And she says some aspects of the experience stood out. However, for the first time, I felt the unquestionable power of a fire witch. Goody also hadn't misled me. There was no mistaking the burning intensity of the redheaded witch's gaze and touch. So the fire witch came to visit her. It's like, oh, maybe I don't own the fire. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Goody wasn't wrong. So uh, what did you guys think when like the fire witch is coming and she's like, oh my God, this is, I thought I had the fire, but no, she's, yeah. she's intense. Well, it wasn't until this last reread that, you know, I really understood that Diana doesn't have that gift. I mean, Goody said it last chapter. So I, I yeah. thought here is a yeah. real live in the flesh fire witch. This, is, this right. is what one looks like. Right. Yes. And she's meeting them in a tavern. So I'm thinking, how do you keep that under lock and key? But Diana can feel it versus I guess any human around wouldn't yeah. true. feel it. So, And they're talking amongst themselves. She'll be a challenge. A time spinning weaver with plenty of water and fire and not a combination I thought to see in my lifetime. So mm-hmm. we're learning, whoa, Diana, what are you holding inside there? Well, and then I was like, and she's stormy and, and too controlling because of the directionality of her wind and yeah. all the things that they were sensing was just really fascinating. Yes, and as much as Diana was in awe of them, they were in awe of her. Yes. It's like, oh shit, damn. <laughs> what are we going to do with this one? <laughs> one of them said a stormy one and um, a silver-haired witch about 50 or so. She was petite and lithe and moved with a speed that suggested gravity did not have the same hold of her. Mm-hmm. Like on the rest of us. And then another one said, hey, she's got too much direction. She's trying to be a control freak here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is also true. Yeah. Going on and then the whole whole thing about how the men are all abandoning the old ways. Yes. And going to elemental magic. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know how they were reading her in a in a positive way. They were, it weren't like Susanna Norman where they were trying to intimidate her or brush her off. They were following instruction as being the most powerful witches um, of the read that they were reading what she had. I felt I felt relaxed for the for the first time. They weren't judging her. Right. They were just trying to take it in and assess the deal. And so that's good that the read isn't a whole bunch of judgy witches like Susanna. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. Or skeptical. So was, I mean, they embraced it. They know that she's the long-awaited weaver and they weren't right. they weren't even doubting it. They were embracing it. The one water witch comes to the house and Matthew and his gang of knights are standing around guarding Diana. Imagine being that witch like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
what the hell is going on? And uh, so Diana has to say, it's it's all right, Matthew. The water witch surveyed her from head to toe. Her glance tingled like salt water on her skin, bracing as a dip into the ocean on a summer day. Just more of the assessment. Goody also was right. There's too much water in your blood. We cannot meet with you in groups for fear of causing a deluge. You must see us one at a time. It will take all day, I'm afraid. And I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> so is the water stronger than the other stuff, maybe? Yeah. And that, what's interesting is that that's our first clue that we come to find out that she's not her mother's daughter. Right. Yeah. She's more her father. Father's daughter. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) I love this whole writing of this passage of the Water Witch because just apparently, you know, she Deb uses words that would be associated with water: the flowing and the trickling in, the tributaries, and the color of the uh, the eyes are that of the Caribbean. I I don't know. I just thought it was very, very well written. Yeah, they trickled in and out of the house, Mm -hmm. and they drove Matthew and Francois mad because the way way, and just like water dripping, drip. Drip, yeah, it's like, you crazy. Ah! It's the faucet dripping. It was very soothing for me, but like you said, very torturous for Matthew and Francois. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, the other beautiful thing about it is, is Deb is a master of showing rather than telling. Yes. Which is such a hard thing to do. It is. As a writer. I imagine it is. I'm not a writer, but I imagine it is because it's hard. It, I can picture a lot of the stuff she writes, I picture it. And I have to say, like in some of the previous we were getting on the TV show. It's like, that's just how I pictured yep. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not just me getting that picture, but the people producing the TV show are getting the same kind of picture and dealing it out the way she describes. So yeah, it's very evocative. So the water did not lie, one water witch murmured after sliding her fingertips over her forehead and shoulders. She turned my hands over to examine the palms. She was scarcely older than me with striking coloring, white skin, black hair, and the eyes the color of the Caribbean. And you can imagine that, right? what oh, exact yeah. color that is. She says, what water? I asked as she traced the tributaries leading away from my lifeline. And then she says, every water witch in London collected rainwater from midsummer to Maybon and then poured it into the reed scrying bowl. It revealed that the long-awaited weaver will have water in her veins. We are in need of new spells after having to turn back the Spanish fleet. Goody also has been able to replenish the wind witch's supply, but the Scottish weaver was gifted with earth, so she could not help us, even if she had wished to. You are true daughter of the moon, though, and you will serve us well. I, When I first read that, I didn't, true daughter of the moon. What it was, you know, I was like, huh? What is she talking yeah. about? The moon controls the tides. The tides, yes. It didn't hit me until way mm-hmm. later when we were, yes. like, when we were dissecting that Aurora Consurgence passage. And I'm yeah. like, oh, the moon controls the tides. A daughter of the moon. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is just my first impression, though. Yeah. And the cycles of the moon also to control the tides within all of us because even humans are mostly water. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday morning, a messenger came to the house with an address on Bread Street and instructions for me to go there at 11 o'clock to meet the last remaining members of the reed. The two earth witches. Most witches had some degree of earth magic within them. It was the foundation for the craft, and in modern covens, earth witches had no special distinction. I was curious to see if the Elizabethan earth witches were any different. She goes over there, and she's taking Matthew and Annie with her, and Pierre's out on Pierre's errand. Pierre's Right. <laughs> He's out doing some shopping with Francois. Yeah, they run across somebody. This is when we first meet Jack. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. I mean, knowing the, the full oh. circle, I, I, I was actually getting teary at this section. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Jack was trying to pick Diana's pocket, <laughs> <laughs> which is adorable. Yeah. Cute. Matthew didn't think so. <laughs> she was wearing a bum bag. She was. She was the bag yes. I wore my waist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we call a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> We're explicit, UK. It's okay. <laughs> According to this, Matthew turned on an urchin with a filthy face and painfully thin legs. Matthew's blade was at the child's ear in a flash. It's like, wow, Matthew. Yeah. Overreaction much? Man. But then he kind of brushes it off like, you would have been dead if it was someone else, but I'm the nice one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was being a total dick, but he does have a point. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. exchange goes on. Move that finger so much as a hair, lad, and I'll take your ear off, he said softly. Well, I mean, it, at least it's just the ear. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. God. Could be worse. Could be much worse. And so Diana looks down and she sees the child's fingers brushing against the bag she wore around her waist, her fanny pack or her bum bag. <laughs> both, <laughs> both sound ridiculous anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that Diana wasn't the one who revolutionized women's wear back in the Elizabethan right. time with pockets. Yeah. You would think. we got to wait till the French Revolution for that, and I suppose we can blame other members of the de Clermont family for that. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to look at the penny right now, and still, we have not worked out the pocket thing. We have not worked that out, even today. Women's pockets, they need to be substantial. Okay. Yeah. That was my, uh, you know, ditch. It wasn't very yep. much of a ditch, but seriously, that's a rant. I don't like that. <laughs> So she goes on to say, there's always a hint of potential violence about Matthew, even in my own time. But in Elizabeth's London, it was much closer to the surface. Still, there was no need for him to turn his venom on one so small. Matthew, I warned, noting the terror in the child's face. Stop it. And then Matthew's like, another man would have your he- have your ear or haul you off before the bailiffs. And he narrowed his eyes. And then the child's like freaked out, like, oh, shit, <laughs> this guy's serious. <laughs> So Diana stops it. She says, enough. And then she touches the child's shoulder. In a flash, she's seeing things about this child. She sees a man with a heavy hand striking the child and driving him into a wall. There's abuse. He was kept out in the cold. He had a bruise. And she could sl- sense he, he hadn't eaten. You're right. Yeah. yeah. His stomach. Yeah. So she's like, what's your name? And he goes, Jack, my lady. And I'm like, oh, man. I and then she goes, put the dagger away, Matthew. <laughs> It's like, don't give the mice you feed the snake an aim. This kid's not going to do shit. Just put the put the knife away. <laughs> God, where are your parents? I haven't had it. Oh, haven't any, my lady. First thing she says, take the boy home, Annie. She's just collecting all these people. Mm-hmm. Take the boy yeah. home. Have Francoise give him some food and clothes. Introduce him to warm water if you can. Put him in Pierre's bed. He looks tired. I mean, she's just offering up the house. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. Matthew is like, oh, no, wait, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. And he goes on to say, you cannot adopt every stray in London, Diana. And then he drove his dagger into his sheath with emphasis. So he's being kind of manly. That's him slamming the door. Right. It's foreshadowing (laughs) is what it is. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
I told you this one was going to go in the ditch sooner or later. Oh, geez. <laughs> so Diana's coming up with a, with a reason to keep him. Francoise could use somebody to run errands for her. And she's like, would you work for me, Jack? And he's like, I, mistress. And I'm like, oh, I know. he's going to work for her. Her third eye opens and she sees a cavernous stomach and hollow, trembling legs. And then she's like, okay, he's hungry. Buy him some food. And she sends Annie. Don't pies. <laughs> Stop delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Are those like the Elizabethan version of gas station tacos, but good? Uh, those taquitos that, that are yes. on the roller? Yeah, yes. baby. <laughs> Gas station burritos. Although the gas station burritos here in Texas, usually there's like this little teeny tiny, almost like restaurant set up sometimes back in the corner uh-huh. and they're homemade. Ooh. It's like the stationary taco truck. So is it like the Costco where they have that little section where you can sit and eat the pizza? No, and... no. It's mostly breakfast burritos more than anything else. Oh. And they're I know, amazing. I know the 7-Eleven and Robert is not supposed to eat that stuff, but he'll get tempted into those little rolling taquitos right next to the hot dogs. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Those hot dogs scare me, by the way. <laughs> they scare the hell out of me. All hot dogs scare me. <laughs> we had something in, in Madison in college. I think it's like an Elizabethan meat pie. It's called a Teddy Wedger. We'll have to send Ooh. a picture to you. But it's like a calzone, only it's the pastry crust with all whatever you want inside. So Really? Yeah, they have like stew. Oh, that's interesting. They have, they have stew and they have chicken pot pie kind of thing. and Or they have like... Ooh. Scrambled eggs or whatever, but whatever you want in there. But of course, it's it's a college delight. <laughs> so it's so it's like a pot pie without the tin. Yes, you can. It's folded into a calzone. Yes. And in Michigan, we had actually had a couple of places where you could go get Cornish pasties, Ooh. the pasties or whatever, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Oh my God! You know, beef and carrots and Yummy. turnips. It depends on how you know purist you are. So onions and mushrooms. Oh my God! So good, mm. so so good. But it was like the pastry crust, just a little bit crisp. On the outside and soft now on the I'm inside. Hungry. Yeah, I'm too. I'm super hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Bad no, it's ditch. okay. Woo, Jack, you're gonna, mm, you're gonna love those meat pies, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Matthew is kind of upset and frustrated here. He says, "You're doing that child no favors. This Jack, if that's his real name, which I sincerely doubt." Won't live out the year if he continues to steal. Little do you know, Matthew, he's going to live now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the <door> is a ditch. <laughs> yeah. Overcorrect, overcorrect. <laughs> So Diana throws his words right back at him. The child won't live out the week unless an adult takes responsibility for him. What is that you said? Love, a grown-up to care for them, and a soft place to land. And he's like, hey, don't She's do like that. She's like shoving those words back down his throat, Don't do that. Then he says, that was about our child, not some homeless waif. Wow, Yeah, Matthew? well, let me pull out my trump Mom, card, though, is what dick. she says. Yeah, be a yeah. dick. This is it. You know what? This is Baldwin and the Knights of Lazarus all over again. How so? When he was going on about you don't use the brotherhood because of a love affair gone bad. Yeah. When he's like, we do this, we do that. And Diana's doing the exact same thing. And then she pulls out her trump card right now. Yeah. I was a homeless waif once. But that's not really true, is it, though? No, it is. She was never really homeless. Well, no. Technically, she could have been. If she, if she, she, if she been. If Sarah Bishop was Susanna Norman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness she wasn't. But I was like, what, were you homeless for like five minutes yeah. until they got you to Sarah's house? Come on, Diana. Pretty much, yeah. But still. But I, point, point taken. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew's like, damn. <laughs> He drew Ouch. back as if she slapped him. Mm-hmm. Just and, wait, mm-hmm. just to point out, like Jean said, when uh, Isabel, who did she say the the five names to? And they said each one was like a slap. It wasn't it Baldwin during that Baldwin. particular Baldwin. scene. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. And then she goes, "Not so easy to turn them away now, is it? Is it? <laughs> no." <laughs> so Matthew, he, he kind of shuts up. Not going to win that argument. Yeah, and Matthew's like, "And you know what? We have enough servants." Diana says, "Well, you're rich. You can afford another." And Matthew comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this whole passage now with iPhones. This is you and Robert. <laughs> I know. Just, just replace servants with iPhones or, or iDevices. <laughs> That's true. I did get a new set of AirPods yesterday. Anyway. <laughs> Don't need them, but I got them. Anyway. Matthew comes up with, well, you better have some good stories to tell the kid about vampires and witches because now he's living with like three vampires and two witches. So yeah. what you got? And Jack's not going to care. That's what she's saying. Jack's not going to care. Buy me them AirPods, boy. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is just what it's They're like all, in our house. <laughs> Jack's not going to care because he's a demon. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Anyway, they send Jack home with Annie. He's getting his meat pies mm-hmm. and he's going to get settled in and have a nap in Pierre's bed. So, but they still have to visit the Earth Witches. On some level, when she said he's not going to care, did she maybe just sense the demon blood in him on some subconscious level when she just realized, you know what, this is going to be a non-issue. You need to settle down. I think she probably, yeah, maybe, maybe she didn't identify it as demon blood. She identified it as he'll be fine. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm just. I'm also wondering could if be, that's... Could be twofold, practicality plus... Yeah. But Matthew's figuring out how he's going to manage this. He's like, uh, the more creatures have let into our lives, this is going to be a little bit hard because... Which is so uh, out of character for him. Yes, but I am, what it really boils down to is him. Yeah. Yes. What He knows all the creatures he hangs out with. It's just he's going to have to adjust. And yeah. he doesn't like adjusting. Matthew's not very good at it. Him like, thinking more than a step ahead is so not him and he's like, well, wait a minute. If we do this, this is going to be a problem and that's going to be a problem. That's that's so out of character for him. It's like with him, it's usually, oh, my God, we've got this big fucking problem. How am I going to fix it now? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I didn't even think of it him as thinking ahead. I thought of it as he was masking. I, I don't want this. It's all about me and my struggles of trying to live with warm bloods. I think it's a bit of both. It's probably both. But I mean, yeah. the fact that he's actually thinking ahead really stuck out for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just think he's like, oh, man. These are more people got to get used to. And this is new. And I, how am I going to juggle what I already have on my plate with additional people to worry Which about? Which is cr- kind of crazy in a way, considering he's living a real large life in Elizabethan London. Yeah. Right. Because everybody knows who the hell he is. And it's like, maybe he was like right at the top, right? He's like right at the top of the glass. And anything more, he's scared it's going to spill over. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's freaked out about that. Yeah. And he's got now Jack, he's got to add that to his concerns Something else and to put on the pile. Yeah. So they visit the Earth Witches and Matthew and her, after they went home, they go to their corners again because that's how they fight, apparently. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. They've done it before. So Matthew's attacking his mail. He's cursing at Pierre about Elizabeth and her government. because And everything. And everything. And they had to cool down. Meanwhile, Diana's telling Jack about his duties and they figure out he's got a lot of skill when it comes to pickpocketing and <laughs> Not much else. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and Pierre's like, huh, I could use this kid. <laughs> come, oh, he sees value. Yeah, come with me, Jack. Kind of got a job for you. <laughs> you got you got to love Pierre. He's got a solution to most every issue. Right. He's like the Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And so Pierre's like, yeah, come with me. And Jack's like, all right, I got a job. Like an eager dog who wants to do work for his master. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, all right, let's do this. Diana's like, okay, nothing dangerous, okay? Pierre's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, madame. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I am man, I it's like I would love to see what Pierre does. Do you know? Right. Which is everything. I, yeah. would, I would love to like a day in a life of Pierre. That like, would be a perfect novella. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a short and, story. And, uh, yeah. and a line too. Yes. Yeah. It's like this motherfucker wants me to go here. Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> well, the little here bit that we, we go again. The little bit that we got of Francoise and Times Convert was eye opening. Yes. Oh my God. It was awesome. To hear their opinions is enlightening. We we need the downstairs of the Declaremont upstairs downstairs. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've wanted that from day one. I'm like, you know, Mart's probably got the best gossip everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> centuries of gossip. So she was sorting through her papers on the desk after Pierre and Jack went out to do their little dealings. Nothing illegal, of course. And um, Matthew comes in and he's like, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, between the Reed and the Queen, it's been a long week. So, you know, forgive me. I'm a little difficult if you haven't noticed. (laughs) And you didn't exactly have to get involved in the Reed, Matthew. Yeah, I told you. I got this. <laughs> Diana says, I'm sorry, too. I understand why you don't want Jack here, Matthew, but I couldn't ignore him. He was hurt and hungry. And Matthew's like, I know. I know. I know. I'm a dummy. <laughs> a dummy. And we'd love him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so much. So, so much. It's just hard for me to be around warm bloods. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And she, she says, would your reaction have been different if we found the boy in modern Oxford? And he's like, probably not. It's not easy for vampires to live among warm bloods, Diana. Without an emotional bond, warm bloods are nothing more than a source of nourishment. No vampire, however civilized and well-mannered, can remain close in proximity to one without feeling the urge to feed on them. And then she's like, but you don't want to feed on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. She's a- and he's like, I can manage my cravings far better than when we first met. Now my desire for your blood is not so much about nourishment. It's about control. She's like, but we have sex for that, right? Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. And he's like, excuse me? What? (laughs) What? what, what? (laughs) Sex and dominance. It's what modern humans think vampire relationships are all about. Their stories are full of crazed alpha male vampires throwing women over their shoulders before dragging them off for a dinner and a date. (laughs) Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. The double D. (laughs) I love that Matthew's like clutching his pearls right Right. now. I I guess. A guest. Dinner and a date? Do you mean? And Diana's like, uh huh, you should see what Sarah's friends in the coven read. Vampire meets girl. Vampire bites girl. Shocked to find out there's really vampires. The sex, the blood, the overprotective behavior. Yeah, lots of sex. All lots of this. Of sex. And then she's like, and there's no time for bundling, that's for sure. 
That's not even like a precursor, people. Right. I don't remember poetry and dancing either. Uh, once in a while. Matthew's like, no wonder your aunt wanted to know if I was hungry. And then Tina's like, man, you should really read this stuff. It's bad Dude. PR for you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I might get lucky if you do. <laughs> girl's got to look out for her own needs. Right. And Diana's not wrong. You'd be surprised how many women seem to want a vampire mm-hmm. boyfriend anyway, though. And she's not wrong. We see this. No. We see this daily. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> In our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's he's just like, so like, huh? This is just like such a male reaction. Huh? Well, and it's just perfect irony. What if their vampire boyfriends were to behave like callous bastards in the street and threaten starving orphans? I'm like, I loved you in a discovery, which is when Valerie hated you. You were exactly that jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. The whole stalking (laughs) thing. Man, that just got my motor running. See, I know two women right there who who love that. Guilty as charged. It wasn't until he calmed the fuck down where I was like, okay, Matthew, you and I can talk, but before- <laughs> I'm just odd. I, I- yeah. it's- Callous bastard, you want to be my book boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Now that you can sit down and have some sense, okay? Sit down. That's the Matthew I like, the one that can sit down and reason. I don't... What are you doing, Matthew? Anyway, I'm going off on a rant. Okay. I know. Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not even just like modern PNR Diana. I mean, it, that was the whole thing all the way back to Dracula. It's always, yes. always been the story. This, blame the Victorians for it, mixing up the sex and the sex and the violence and the death and yes. making them a foreigner and something that all good women should clutch their pearls and run the other way. Well, they should. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Do you see he can bite you and suck your blood out? Why are you not running? I mean, that's like me when I watch horror films. I can't watch them because I'm like, you people are all so stupid. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> this guy has a chainsaw. He's going to murder you. Oh, let's go there. What? <laughs> what but are I'm you not doing? the blind cheerleader, so I'm not going to be the first to die. So it never matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going first for some reason. I'm the one with most sense. But, you know, the black person always gets it. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm, I'm, Sorry. I'm going, man. I'm going. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Why are you guys running towards the danger? Okay. I think they had a, a commercial about that. Yeah, they did. Yes, they do. I'll, I'll post it in the show the notes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really got that. It's not until the vampires in these stories show some sense where I'm like, oh, there is something under that. Let me figure that out. Anyway, Matthew's like, I can't believe we're having this convo. Yo, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, but what's even funnier is she says, yeah, and, and you know, I can't believe they write that. Da, 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 da. And then she's like, how's it any different than Kit and Dr. Faustus? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> and she points out some truths. You've manhandled me. I seem to recall being hoisted in your arms at set tours more than one occasion. And he's got excuses for yes. it every he's single like, time. He's like, no, it just boils down to... I'm one place and you decided I needed to be another. Yep. It's like, it's only when you were injured. Come on. Or you were tired or or something. Or, or, (laughs) or. 
Yeah, yeah. Say, honestly, Matthew, you have a very selective memory when it suits you. As for making love, it's not always the tender act that you describe. Not in the books I've seen. Sometimes it's a good, hard, and what she leaves out here is fucking, deep digging, (laughs) all the things that we have an explicit label for. Yes. (laughs) And thank God for that. (laughs) Say it. Just It's not a dash. It's not a dash. It's a fill in the blank. It's a fill in the blank. Your expletive of choice. Yes. Yes. Well, we know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Before I could finish my sentence, a tall, handsome vampire flung me over his shoulder. We will continue this conversation in private. Help, I think my husband's a vampire. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> growling. So much growling. Oh. All the growling. I hope they All include growling, the growling in the TV show. Mm, UK people, don't spoil it for us. Don't there spoil it. be growling. We want to discover the growl on our own. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise you just said? <laughs> Okay, let's straighten the wheel. <laughs> George Clooney's Wild Animal Park. <laughs> Where the lion goes. Rawr. That was the funniest episode ever. Uh, be quiet, he growled, or you'll have Mistress you Holly. Yeah, you'll have Mistress Holly to contend with. If I were a human woman and not a witch, that growly sound you just made would make me swoon. I'd be all yours, and you can have your way with me. Pretty much. Giggle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Duh. See, it, how does that not work on witches? I don't understand. That. It did work on her. <laughs> I know. Totally. Why is why is she why is she holding her? Oh well, if I was human, it would have worked. Right. Like, dude, right. it's working right now. Just it. <laughs> now, who's pearl clutching? I know. So Matthew comes back and says, you're already all mine. And he deposited her on the bed. And I'm changing this ridiculous plot, by the way, in the <laughs> in the interest of originality, not to mention very similitude. Very, I said it better the first time. Very similitude. We're skipping uh-huh. dinner and moving right to the date. And then <laughs> Diana's like, readers would love a vampire said that. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And Matthew didn't seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> and but Diana's like, hang on, hang on, I gotta take off my bum roll. <laughs> <sighs> but Matthew was not inclined to wait to hell with the bum roll. Uh, so you know, hey, I mean, as far as things went, this was a very hot scene. Matthew, yes, experienced doing it this deliciously Elizabethan style. Yes, very much so. I, I question where he got his other experience from, though. Mm. Makes me curious. Well, <laughs> I love it. Perhaps Blackfire's breasts was contributed to that. <laughs> Serpent's mirror. Come on. (laughs) And Diana says, I had no idea that talking about popular fiction would have this kind of effect on you. Remind me to talk about the right fiction. Yeah, remind me to discuss it with you more often. I have a list. (laughs) (laughs) A mighty long list. Okay, so in the book, it's like three stars, which to me always means fade to black, right? Yeah. And next scene, yeah. we're getting called to Goody's house because the reed has made its ruling. And Diana heads over with Annie, Matthew, Pierre, and now Jack. Yes. Goody sent the men to a pub, and then Diana is called to the group. And here we meet a whole bunch of witches. Yep. And Diana's like, okay, so the reed agreed with your initial plan. Yeah. And then Susanna chimes in, and they did. She's like, She was kind of pouty. Yeah. You mm. will forgive me, Mistress Royd, and I have two boys to think of, and, oh, you know, a deadbeat I've, husband. And a hundred <laughs> excuses about why right. I'm just permit patty. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, she'll straighten up, I'm sure. (laughs) 
I didn't realize blackface was offensive. Oh, God. Are we going to get into that? Jesus. No, Who was that? Saying, that was kind of Susanna, though. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a little bit of Megan Kelly there. With what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Susanna's not going to get $69 million. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Okay, so let me introduce you to the others. And uh, we meet Marjorie Cooper, and Marjorie seemed nice. And Marjorie's husband has a line on better wine, so we yeah. want to be friends with Marjorie. Yes. Yeah. She's the girl to know if you like the wine. I love that little yep. offering, though. She's being friendly. She's being well, nice. And then she, she's like, yeah, we know where your husband's getting his shit, and I can girl can hook you up. Right. The fact that they knew where, you, oh, that's a tidbit that everybody needs to know. Yeah. Yeah, they even know where you're buying your wine, Matthew. You probably need to be a little bit more, you know, and you're worried that they haven't figured out you're a vampire. Like, I dude. know. That's the last thing. Get get wine from us and we'll totally forgive the fact that you're a vampire. Yeah. You know, become a good customer. But, I mean, he's like, he, like he's fooling people on that level. Like, oh, you know, I'm hiding in plain sight. Nobody knows I'm a vampire. It's like, yeah, right. They know where you're getting <laughs> your cabbage, dude. They know everything. They know everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Marjorie is an earth witch. And she mm-hmm. remembers spells and pretty much has photographic memory, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was what I thought was interesting is like, yes, her her special gift is memory. Yeah. And her husband's also a vintner, as we said. Mm-hmm. And then we have Elizabeth Jackson, the water witch. And Diana seemed to like this witch because she was steady. She wasn't like all over the mm-hmm. place like the other water witches. Right. Yeah. And she was also a seer like her mother. Yeah. My mother is known for second sight. I would like to follow in her footsteps. Yeah. You know, and my thought, actually, my thought was when I first read that, I was like, I'm sure you would like to follow her footsteps, but reality is often not like that. It's yes, like, yeah, right. I'd, like to, I'd like to have a million dollars, but you know. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then there was Catherine Streeter, the fire witch from two fire witches. Yes. And it's thrice written, blessed. Thrice blessed. So every time she'd look at Catherine and open her third eye, this woman would just blaze up, like mm-hmm. light up. Yes. But, you know, for some reason, I did she have, do you figure she had a disguising spell? Yes. Yeah. Maybe uh, Goody made her one or somebody mm-hmm. made her one. Yeah. And because, then Goody was the wind witch. Yeah. Goody was the wind witch. And um, yeah, we find out uh, she worked for the queen, mm-hmm. the Spanish Armada. That was all her. Yep. I'm pretty sure she was tired after that yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. gosh. Well, the bronchitis. <laughs> it's probably where the bronchitis came from. <laughs> and ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> And then we get the crash course and weavers and their fam- and familiars and four spells. The and- four spell. Yep. A four spell reveals the shape of a weaver's talents. Together we will form a blessed circle. There we will temporarily turn your powers loose to find their own way, unencumbered by words or desires. It will tell us much about your talents and what we must do to train them as well as reveal your familiar. And Diana's like, which is... Di-? See, Diana keeps chiming in. Witches don't have familiar. I know. She sounds just as ignorant as as Sarah Matthew. did to us yes. in the beginning, you know. <laughs> dare you assume that this woman is telling you what you need to know she's like witches don't have I know. Yeah. She, 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 she's already met the fetch yeah it sounds that ignorant she sounds like the teenage girl where she left off yeah with her with yes. her training because yes. i have a preteen who will argue with me with invalid <laughs> information yeah yes. that can't be right because of this right <laughs> or she'll say te- technically i'm like what do you mean technically technically you're wrong <laughs> but here's the other thing you you would think that after you know she had the whole thing about the congregation and the covenant dropped in her lap. Mm-hmm. She would have learned to like, okay, there's a shit ton. I don't know. Maybe I right. should just shut my 
mouth up and listen. Yeah, she's not good at that yet. No, but it does. I don't think it, she ever it really good at it. It does inform the readers. I was all in. Yes, yes, I was all yes. in. And I loved how they were debating over the day and what the significance, how, or I should say, significance yeah. of the days were with Marjorie. Was it Marjorie and um, mm-hmm. Susanna? Was the, Susanna arguing back and forth. Yeah, I thought this was the week for snake bite charms. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> But she, but they're disbelieving that that date is coming up. And she says, the goddess has already blessed us enough. So they're looking at Diana as this prophecy fulfilled. Um, but it just yes. shows me because they're bursting on the inside, but they're not like their elements are controlled. Like, whereas if Diana got excited or animated, that might shake loose a little bit, witch wind or witch fire or whatever. But they are right. so mm-hmm. controlled and trained. Yes. 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 Very much so. And they, they've been doing this their whole lives while Diana's just like, well, she only knows what she can do with her magic and what she was told. So she's making a whole bunch of assumptions based on what you know. And you're right, Diana is acting like a teenager here. She's taken a few bits of information and understands that she knows everything. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. No. And they go ahead and show her what they know. There's a reason you cast this force spell to face your deepest fears so you can work your magic freely. Still, it can be a harrowing experience. There hang have been... on. Hang on. Okay. Breaking news. Okay. Like totally breaking news. I'm waiting for the tweet to come up. There's an announcement about Series 2 and Series 3. Oh, right shit. Now. Okay. Head- oh, it is. Headline actually hinted to something. Big announcement on Teresa Palmer. Guys, it's all oh, so she's giving a video. today. It is also Matthew de Clermont's birthday. Happy birthday, okay. Matthew. Now, if you're in the UK, you know you're going to be watching the very last episode of Season 1. I know some of you are very excited. Some of you are bummed that the show is coming to the end. So we thought today would be a very exciting day to announce some news. Who wants a season two? Well, we do. (laughs) And that's not it. Who wants a season three? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you got that God. too. So we are really excited to say that we will be doing season two and season three. And guys, it's because of you, the passion, the support, the love, the show wouldn't be what it is without you. I cannot wait to start filming next year and for you guys to see the next couple of seasons. You're all amazing. So much love from me. <laughs> oh my wow. God. Okay, so it's probably not breaking news to you, audience, but you're watching us. You're, or you're, you're getting my reaction. <laughs> you're getting our live reaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is crazy just now. So we're getting a season two and a season three. Ah! All right. Okay. Let me just break to post it. Repost it. Okay. We're going to take a little edit break and we'll play some music. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, <laughs> we were on a roll, bud. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that is a perfect reason to interrupt us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Season two and season three go well. They'll go for a season four mm-hmm. in a minute. That, Money's... Means, that, that means Debra better get writing. Yeah. I mean, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Hang on. I'm almost done. Oh, it's okay. Let's let us resume. 
Yeah, you done, Angela? Yeah, I'm done. Audience, okay, so we're back. <laughs> back out of the ditch. We're back. That was a good ditch, though. Oh, okay, so ditch. let's pick up where we left off. That is the reason you, you cast a force spell to face your deepest fears so you can work your magic freely. Still, it can be a harrowing experience. There have been weavers who entered the circle with hair the color of a raven's wings and left, left it with tresses as white as snow, Goody also admitted. And all the witches chime in. They pretty much show what they know about her, but it will not be as harp breaking as the night the wear left Diana and the waters rose in her, Elizabeth said sadly. Or as lonely as the night she was closed in the earth, Susanna said with a shiver. Or as frightening as the time the fire witch tried to open you, Catherine assured her. And that was amazing. Decide. That was amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they saw that so all of that in her. And yes. if I were D- Diana, I'd be like, oh, okay, I should probably shut the fuck up. I don't know. I didn't ever realize, or maybe it faded from my memory that Setu was a fire witch or had the affinity with fire. I mean, I know that she opened her up, but yeah, I didn't. Well, I don't, th- I don't know that it made it that clear too. No, right. Right. I mean, she was burned. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, at that early stage in the game, we had no idea well, I, what I she was Maybe she was a fire witch, not that she was a weaver with fire in her veins. Right, right. Okay, so they decide the moon will be dark on Friday. And can well, I was going to say what. And what was curious to me is why did they decide on the waxing crescent moon? Because that's when. Well, the waxing moon is the growing moon. That's the maiden. That's when you when you have uh, the the spells. Actually, are supposed to be you. You have more time to work them. Mm -hmm. And because if you started at a full moon, you'd only have time till the new moon to make. Make it work. Uh, so well, the waxing was, moon is like the beginning of the moon cycle. Okay. It's because, it, I mean, they were pointing out the dark of the moon and it's like, well, d- they seem to want to shy away from that. And I'm thinking, d- are they worried about higher magics or? No? It, gives, it okay. buys them more time. I, <laughs> ah, I, okay. <laughs> I know that it's all to do with the witches and not Philippe, but I couldn't help but think of Philippe in every ending as a new beginning. Yeah, it's true. It's a beginning. <laughs> so the moon will be full dark on Friday and we're entering a period that's, uh, what is this? Propitious? Mm-hmm. For spells yes. inclining children towards study. And her face creased with uh, concentration and she recalled the relevant information from her astonishing memory. And then <laughs> that's when Susanna's like, I thought that was the week for snake bite charms. <laughs> <laughs> what Susanna. Is snake, snake bites Susanna, and, what are you even doing here? <laughs> are there even poisonous snakes in England? Yeah. There's, that's my yeah. question. Yeah, they have all kinds of poison things in England. At this point, it's like, Susanna, you're so cute. Yeah, I know. I know. Wait, wait, we do snake bites. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's talented, so Goody wants her there. And then Goody's thinking, I wonder. And then she's speculating. And then Elizabeth's like, surely not. And then Catherine's like, we're getting ahead of ourselves, remember? And I'm like, what? What are you guys? What? I know. (laughs) Spill it. And Susanna's almanac is all wrong, but we have decided it will be more auspicious if Diana weaves her force spell next Thursday under the waxing crescent moon. Okay. And then Marjorie was clapping. Wait, why did why did her eyes? I can see the green, gold, gold and black, but why, what was the red in there? Green, gold, red and black in rapid succession. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Okay. If you look at a fire, those are mm-hmm. all the colors included. Yep. Okay. So Margie starts clapping her hands and Goody's like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because they're messing with the they're messing with the air. (laughs) She's like, gently, Marjorie, gently. Okay, God, guys are hurting me. Okay, so she's just getting settled. She has. No, my phone just went in. All right, never mind. I'm only downstairs by the portal. Okay, Jerry, just Jerry, we had a talk with you already. What are we? What are you doing? Yeah, come on, man. Please, please. Okay, so she's got a whole bunch of new obligations. Uh, she's settling in. She's got witch classes all week. Her household is all of a sudden very busy. The school of night is still hanging out at her place, you know, drinking her wine, eating her food. Keeping uh, Francois busy. Right. Hancock and Galglass are, they drop Doing off their, their laundry. They drop off their laundry <laughs> once a week. College boys. It totally reminds me of my son. He is beyond college age, but he still comes to my house to use my large capacity washer and dryer because he, they did buy a washer and dryer, but it's just the cute little stackable yeah. ones for, oh, you know, takes two towels. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an excuse to come visit me, but I'm yeah. just, <laughs> he'll tell it you is. different. So they dropped off their laundry and they hung out half naked. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I, I I can imagine there's going to be a lot of fans praying for that scene next series. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Kit was still hanging around using Diana's paper and writing probably nasty plays about her. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Imagine, okay, so let's put on our empathy hats. Imagine being Kit right now, still being around her while she's settling in even more. The whole household is, has accepted her. She's even working with this coven. She's not going anywhere. So imagine nope. how Kit feels right now. Like, this bitch has got to go. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but... Mm. In the meantime, I'm going to use all her paper up. I'm going to use her paper. That'll show her. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in her office, fart in her chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think like a teenage boy. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Angela, for being so patient. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I will just, like, where am I? <laughs> I don't even know where we are. <laughs> Kit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted you empathy to put on your for Kit. empathy for Kit. <laughs> put yourself in his shoes and how would you feel? And Gene would apparently fart and die in his You know, just any ridiculous passive aggressive thing he could do to her. Which yeah. That, you don't get much more ridiculous than that. I'll show her or I'll fart in her chair. <laughs> that was a figurative, where are we, by the way? <laughs> where am I? I should have said. <laughs> so you see, audience, and we may be ladies in our, you know, mid whatever, but we're basically 12. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Isn't everyone though? Feel. I think so. <laughs> okay. Oh. So they're out running errands. Yeah. Kids are being kids, and they're yep. gonna go like spend Matthew's money in the hat shop by breaking a bunch of shit because kids will be kids. <laughs> yes. Don't touch that. And Diana's new at this hurting kids thing, so she's not very good at it. No, not at all. No. She finds a schoolmaster willing to teach them with reading, writing, and reckoning, mm-hmm. and, and yep, and that's uh, arithmetic for everybody out there. And they drove the recent Cambridge. Graduate. 
it away with their blank stares and studied innocent. Like, well, I'm sure they're looking at him like, what? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? I don't even know what you said, huh? They both preferred shopping with Francoise and running around London with Pierre to sitting quietly and doing their sums. And so she goes to complain to Matthew, if our child behaves like this, I'll drown him. It sounds like it's somewhat of the ransom of Red Chief going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're driving away the tutors and just finding ways to do other, you know, get into mischief. And I'm telling you, kids will test you. And I imagine this is what a foster mother would feel like. Mm -hmm. I mean, bringing two grown, somewhat kids into a household where, but Diana's not getting a check. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, Matthew's rich enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then Matthew comes back with the she. She will behave like this and you can be certain of it. And you won't drown her. I've tried everything. I've reasoned. I've cajoled. I've pleaded. Hell, I even bribed them. Yeah, apparently Master Pryor's pies <laughs> only made Jack more hyper. I thought that was quite the role reversal, though. Yeah, yes. Where he's the reasonable one. Well, he's the one with experience. Well, I don't know. Because his explanation is pretty much like take a nip out of him (laughs) (laughs) well when she said i even tried to bribe him and he's like every parent makes those mistakes and i took offense immediately like matthew do not judge me (laughs) so what if i bribe my kids once in a while i know (laughs) you need to do what you need to do right (laughs) god so every parent makes those mistakes you're trying to be their friend and this is true you can't be your kids friend. you're not there to be their friend treat jack and annie like pups the occasional sharp nip on the nose will establish her authority better than a mince pie will. And then she's 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 got a point. I mean, at least figuratively. Although it is parenting from the animal kingdom, as she points out. She's like, as a matter of fact, I am. If this racket continues, they'll have me to contend with, and I don't nip, I bite. And yeah, he does, though. (laughs) I like your dramatic effect there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so there was a loud crash that echoed through the rooms. I mean, I imagine this household is just a mess. Right. Occasionally hearing a crash from the other room. And then you hear, oh, sorry, mistress. What? Yeah. Oops. Get your ass over here. Oops. And it's just reminding me that I'm, I've only recently acquired real plates and glasses. And remember how I celebrated that when Devin moved out? I was like, I can get real plates and glasses. And <laughs> yes. Because <silverware laughs> you can't have nice things with kids. You just cannot. I don't know how my mother did it. My mother had nice things. We didn't. No. So two days of using her teacher voice and administrating timeouts instilled some degree of order, but the children required a good deal of activity to keep their exuberance in check. I abandoned my books and papers and took them down for long walks by Cheapside. And she, uh, somewhere around this time, she's feeling like Elizabethan England is her home because she's taking walks. Mm -hmm. She's got the kids. She's got the family. She's got routine. And that's how you start feeling like this is your home when you have a routine. She's got her lips down her guard. Yeah, yep. her very own extracurricular activities. Yep. They were shopping on Saturday morning, Leadenhall Market. She saw a beggar because she can't resist, so she reaches in, give him money. The kids ran into a hat maker's shop, started acting crazy, and then she's like, Annie, Jack, keep your hands to yourself. And here comes this voice. You are far from home, Mistress Royden. 
a deep voice said. The Oops. skin on my back registered an icy stare, and I turned to find Andrew Hubbard. See, now I can see why everybody saw him as creepy. He just showed up everywhere. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't see this at first. Now reading back, I'm like, oh, I can see that. <laughs> I guess my first thing is so irrational now, are we? No. I was like, what are they talking about? He's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he's just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I love this different take that you have now. Yeah. I'm like, you can't turn now. I'm on your side now. <laughs> it's well, it goes to show that initial, like for me, I need to follow my initial instinct all the time mm-hmm. because the, that's usually the correct one for me. Sometimes when I second guess myself, that's where I go wrong. Yeah. So but now you can see, which is good. I can definitely see and I can empathize with people that were like, Hubbard's creepy. I'm like, oh yeah, I see that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's like Father Hubbard, and the beggar's like, "Oh shit, I'm gone." Oh, I gotta shit, I'm out later. <laughs> he saw he saw Father Hubbard. He's like inched away. Okay, <laughs> Hubbard looked around. He's like, "Where's your woman?" And she's like, "If you're referring to Francoise, she's in the market, and she's being tarped. She's in the market. What of it? You know." <laughs> yeah. Hubbard comes back. I understand you have met with Goody also. And the fact that she doesn't reply to that and say, how do you know that? She knows. Yeah. She knows because Annie's telling him everything. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to say, since the Spanish came, she does not stir from her house unless there's a good reason. He's picking up. There's a good reason why Hub- yeah. our goodies interested. And she remains silent. And then Hubbard goes, I am not your enemy, mistress. And then he, she's like, I didn't say you were Father Hubbard, but who I see and why is not your concern. And then he's like, yes, your father-in-law. Or do you think of him as your father? Made this quite yeah. clear in his letter. Philippe, thank me for assisting you, of course. With the head of the de Clermont family, the thanks are always perceived the threats, a refreshing change from your husband's usual behavior. So basically he's saying, you know, Philippe's kind of a nice guy. Your husband's an asshole. He sugarcoats it. Matthew doesn't. Yeah. He's got the honey before the vinegar. Yes. And then Diana's like, okay, what do you want? And he goes on to say, I suffer the presence of the de Clermonts because I must, but I am under no obligation to continue doing so. If there's trouble, are you causing trouble? I can smell it, taste it. Since you've come, the witches have been difficult. And yeah, okay. Hubbard, that is his business because he's the king of London. And he rules over, yeah. over the witches. And right. Well, he, he also he's doesn't gotta, want the congregation sticking their nose in. Yeah, he, he's trying to keep things under wraps and control. China comes back. That's an unfortunate coincidence, but I'm not to blame. I'm so unschooled in the arts of magic, but I can't even crack an egg into the bowl. And then Francoise comes out on market, saved by the bell. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped Hubbard a curtsy and moved on to step past him. And then his hand shot out, wrapped me around the wrist, and I looked down at his cold fingers. It's not just creatures who emit a scent, Mr. Schroeden. Did you know that secrets have their own distinct odor? And then she's like, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, witches can tell when someone lies. Wares can smell a secret like a hound can scent a deer. I will run your secret into the ground, Mistress Royden, no matter how you try to conceal it. And uh, Francoise is like freaking out. She's like, are you ready, madame? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what secrets smell like. Are they baby fresh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm picturing Matthew like pig pen with a little cloud that follows them. I mean, he's, he's got tons and tons of secrets. <laughs> Maybe that's why he smells like cinnamon and clothes. The mask, yes. all of that shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wow. Well, you did say cinnamon and cloves are also associated with death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I wonder if that's why his death is sent because he tried to commit suicide. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That just popped in my head. I another thought I was thought making a joke. And throw in the pile. <laughs> another, another thought that just needs to get hmm. addressed someday. Yeah, maybe we'll pick through that. I think so. At some point. At some point. Uh, yeah, so Diana's ready to go. She's like, yes, Francois. She's like, okay, thanks for your counsel, Father Hubbard. I gotta go. She gets a little Baldwin to Laters. Isabel. Yeah. Where he's like, thank you for the history lesson, Isabel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Yes. <laughs> Later. Hubbard throws out this other offer. If the boy's too much for you, I'd be happy to take care of him, Hubbard murmured as I walked away. Why do you that think he did this? Off. Why do you think yeah. he did this? There, there has to be a motive for him to do that. To get her attention? To have him... Because me... Maybe he knows that Jack is running errands for Pierre, too. So Maybe he knows that Jack's a demon. Perhaps. Or, well, or, or is an offspring of demon parents or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, in the twist of irony, he is open to it, maybe genuinely, and he, or not genuinely, but that's what ends up happening anyways. Yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yep. And then Diana's like, keep your hands off of what's mine. And their eyes locked. And just like Matthew. He had to have kept an eye on him, though. I mean, obviously, because that line just kills me in the Book of Life when he says they, he went down to the docks every day for X amount of years looking for you. Yeah, yeah. Did Hubbard know Jack before Diana took him on? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he would have been in his flock already then. I think the fact that Diana took him on and Pierre was using him for errands, it brought Jack to Hubbard's attention. Yes, right. As far as another factor, to, another thing to keep an eye on because mm-hmm. um, it is his town and he's trying to keep an eye on everything keep a lid on everything we already said he's very similar to Philippe where he's running <laughs> a broke down version of Philippe's operation <laughs> yes pretty much <laughs> pretty much he's doing it his way and um, yeah Jack was another one to keep an eye on and maybe he since he was a demon maybe he thought there was other stuff going on there that could be useful for him mm-hmm. but he had an eye on him mm-hmm. so they walk away from Father Hubbard and then uh, he asks Annie who was that man and then Annie's like oh that was Father Hubbard oh the song the one, yeah the one in the song and that's I remember this in the discussion group it drove us crazy trying to figure out what song yes. Jack be nimble Jack be quick I thought maybe that Ring Around the Rosie Ring Around the Rosie mm-hmm. and why Ring Around the Rosie remind me because it was about the Black Death oh. Ring Around the Rosie is about the plague really yes I don't remember that yeah. I probably wrote it down. It's pretty morbid. I know. It's so sing-a-songy. You wouldn't think so. And then, then then we're talking about because they all thought it was old uh, old Mother Hubbard, but that actually has to do with Cardinal Wolsey. Oh, okay. Because that was the red herring. I just thought Jack being nimble, Jack be quick. Oh, that was Jack. Yeah, yeah. Annie's like, yes. And when he and then enough, Annie. What did you see in the hat shop? And distract the kids. Distract the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's helping Francoise. Let me take that, Francoise. Francoise is like, it will not help, Madame. And she handed me the basket, my lord will know you have been with that fiend. Not even the cabbage scent will hide it. <laughs> Jack's head turned in interest at this morsel of information. He's taking all this in. Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on here? It's kind of like a Jeffrey. She said, I gave Francoise a warning look. Let's not borrow trouble. <laughs> Let's go home, guys. Yeah, stick yeah. your head in the, in the sand, Diana. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go home. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Don't heed her warning. You'll find out soon enough. Sure enough. So she uh, goes to see Matthew once they're home, and she's like, still at it? 
and she reaches over her shoulder and she's frowning because the paper's covered with diagrams, the X's and O's. You guys remember from biology, the X's and O's, he's basically studying genes Mm -hmm. and he's trying to figure something out, something genetic. He says, not strictly speaking. Diana's like, I suppose you need equipment for that. At the bottom of the page, circle surrounded two letters, B and C, Bishop and Claremont, our child. This had to do with a baby. So she wants to know what his hypothesis is. And if it involves a baby, she needs to know. And Matthew froze. His nostril flared and he put his wine carefully down on the table. And we can see him ramp up because we've seen this before. Oh, yeah. He took her hand, pressing her lips on her wrist in a seeming gesture of affection. His eyes went black. I was telling you guys off mic about they were showing previews of the TV show where he kissed her wrist. Yes. And he was, we were all like, oh, romantic. Oh, no. He was marking her. Yes, exactly. (laughs) He was marking her. And this is how he could tell that Hubbard, because Hubbard went exactly for her wrist Mm -hmm. and marked her there because of the blood. I never put two and two together between this passage Mm -hmm. and the preview that we saw in the TV show. Yeah, because it looks very sexy and romantic. Well, and then when he explains how close the veins are to the surface and that it basically is, well, and that makes sense because that's where you wear perfume Mm -hmm. because it diffuses the scent over time. Yep. (laughs) It's like, duh, we knew that all along. We just didn't put it together. We didn't put it together, right? Yeah. And uh, he's like, Hubbard marked you. Do you know why? And she's like, because he was trying to get my attention. You know? (laughs) No, he was trying to get mine. And that's the point. He's trying to let let Matthew know. Watch it. Your Mm -hmm. chick is out all about town. But I don't think, but in retrospect, no, I don't think that was threatening. It was like, no. you need to keep an eye on things, dude. I got, yeah. I got this close to her. Next person may not be so right, not dangerous. Well, and I think that was his intention too. I, yeah. Matthew didn't see it that way. I think it of goes back to the letter from Philippe. He's like, uh, your city, she better stay safe. Not a hair in her head is harmed or I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Too. So all of a sudden Hubbard has to be concerned about her. Otherwise, mm-hmm. she don't want Philippe in town. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> right? Ain't nobody want that. Right. No. <laughs> Yeah, he was trying to capture mine. Your pulse is here. Then he went on to explain what we just explained to you. He was like, where was Francoise? And she's like, in Lenhar Market. I had uh, her with Jack and Annie and there was a beggar. And (laughs) her story kind of crumbles apart right here. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there was shit going on. There was shit going on. And then he goes, that's how fast Hubbard could have taken your blood and known everything about you. And that's what Matthew thought his intention was. Yes. Right there. But it's true. It it is true. He wanted to know his secret. And as as the king of London, I'd want to know her secrets too. Yeah. Especially because he can smell them, he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd want to know the his her secrets in order to know what's incoming to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. flock. It would have and, to be so tempting. Yeah. And uh so he took a bite out of her. <laughs> She's like, whoa. <laughs> You bet me. (laughs) 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 I didn't even see you move. He's like, you wouldn't have seen Hubbard either if he wanted to strike. And that's the point. He didn't want to strike. He didn't strike. So there's that. And she thought, well, perhaps Matthew wasn't as overprotective as I thought. 
And then he's like, don't let him get close enough to you to touch you again. Are we clear? And then she nodded. Okay, we won't do that. Right. Anyway, so they go on about the X's and O's and she's trying, he's trying to determine the likelihood about passing his blood rage to their child. See, this whole passage with Gregor Mendel, I couldn't help but think of what Shelley called him an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Cats and peas. Yes. But whenever like the science stuff comes up, I picture Shelley, like kazoo in the Flintstones, pop on my shoulder and like guide me through this because I always need the help. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because then we turn into those children. What? (laughs) Right. She wants to know, do you know why Marcus and your brother and Louis were resistant when you, Louisa and Benjamin were not? He was like, well, Louisa died long before, you know, we can run tests and I don't have enough data. I need more mm-hmm. data for reliable conclusions. And then she's like, but you have a theory. He goes on. I've always thought that blood rage was a kind of infection and suppose Marcus and Lewis had a natural resistance to it. But when Goody Alsop told us that only a weaver can bear a wear child, it made me wonder if I've been looking at this the wrong way. Perhaps it's not something that Marcus is resistant, but something in me that's receptive, just like a weaver is receptive to a wear seed, unlike any other warm-blooded woman. And he's on to something. I would say you have to play the yeah. mysterious revelation music here. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And then Diana says a genetic predisposition. And he's like, perhaps maybe it's something recessive. And we maybe we should have had Shelly on. <laughs> maybe it's <See>? junk DNA. <laughs> Oh, and then he's talking about how he started wondering whether the fact that you are a weaver is sufficient to explain your ability to conceive. What if it's a combination of the recessive genetic traits? Not only yours, but mine as well. And he's making sense. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. And then she's like, yeah, when we get back to your lab, you'll have to test your theory. And when Sarah and M here, they're going to be aunts. You'll have no problem getting them to give you a blood sample or to babysit. They both have a bad case of granny lust. I love that. <laughs> what a rude expression. That's what funny. a rude expression. Yeah. Oh, he's such a stick in the mud. But he does say, you know, Isabeau's probably developed a dire case of it, too, over it's the true. centuries. Yeah. And then she's, she's like, oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he says, nor can I bear to think of you in harm's way. Be careful, Malion, he whispered against my hair. And she's like, I will, I promise. And he's like, you wouldn't recognize danger if it came at you with an engraved invitation. And he's not wrong. No. Um, Just remember, vampires are not like warm bloods. Don't underestimate how lethal we can be. She always does, though. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's her her superpower. Underestimation. So Diana is taking him serious now. She's uh, starting to watch the vampires closely at their behavior. You know, Annie would pass by Galaglass and she'd notice little changes in his eyes where he took in her Mm -hmm. scent and, you know, stuff that probably no one would notice before. But now that she's paying attention, she's noticing that vampires, yeah, they do. They are aware of their environment and they can strike at any time. Galaglass and Hancock were hunting, feeding through the, through the city, and Matthew didn't join them. And then he only confined himself to what Francoise could pr- procure from the butchers. Now, what did you guys think of this? I mean, this is the first time... 
Well, not the first time, really, but we're we're seeing that Hancock and Galaglass don't stop themselves from going out and hunting in the city. And Matthew's like, no, I'll just take whatever you get from Safeway or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, what did you guys think of that? Did you think, was Matthew just holding himself back? Yeah. But I always picture it like his penance. Yeah. He's always, he's always trying to limit himself. It's, his self-loathing isn't totally yeah. gone. So they go on <laughs> to go visit the Countess of Pembroke. So we go back to Mary's. Was it Annie? <laughs> she, she likes long gossip with Mary's maid, Joan. <laughs> yes. It's cute. Gets, yeah. gets Jack out of her hair. And Mary wants Diana to see this because she's made an Arbor Diany. Wait, I, I like that Jack is still uh, on his theft roll. He's still yeah. not, he can't shake the habit of pickpocketing. <laughs> I keep thinking of that. Um, this is a Harry Potter. There's this one beast that just steals jewelry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Each jewelry was a Miffler or something. And I think of Jack as kind of like, oh, shiny, yeah. mine. He's, he's like, I'm yes. just good at it. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Okay. So we're, we're headed to Mary's. Right. We're headed to Mary's. We're at Mary's. Joan and Annie go off to gossip. And Mary's showing Diana the Arbor Diany. And 40 was a significant number in alchemical work. And Mary have been conducting, could have been conducting any numbers of, of experiments. I looked through her laboratory entries in an effort to figure out what she was doing. So Mary takes notes and she's been watching over how Mary takes notes in her laboratory. She's Basically, as she's a student of being a witch, she's a student of Mary, too, because she's watching her conduct all these experiments. Well, and we're watching the creation of an anomaly in real time. Yep. I kind of glossed this part over. <laughs> well, this Arbor Diane isn't as important as the other one. No. So. Okay. So Mary presents her with this uh, flask and a silver tree grew from a small seed on the bottom of the flask. Branches had sprouted from the trunk, forking out, filling out the top of the vessel with glittering strands. Before I had, I, I think I read this before I had ever seen anything like this. So I had to go and look it up to see what it was. And it mm-hmm. kind of looks like crystal formation. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of pretty. Yeah. And and in the preceding passage, uh, she talks about how Mary only uses the finest ingredients. So it came out pristine, which actually the whole passage reminded me of Breaking Bad. (laughs) And And they they also started talking about mercury, her best, she only gets the best mercury and stuff. And and, yeah, Walter White. Yeah. His shit is pure. Exactly. (laughs) He was a, he was a chemist and he only used the purest stuff. Mary's a Walter White. (laughs) Yes. The Arbor Diany, Mary said proudly. It's as though God inspired me to make it so it would be here to welcome you. I have tried to grow the tree before, but it has never taken root. No one could see such a thing and doubt the truth of the power of the alchemical mm-hmm. art. She goes on to describe the tree, and I'll put a picture of an example of one in the show notes, audience. On the wall opposite a dragon sat over a vessel similar to the one Mary had used. Oh, the Ripley scroll. Yes, the dragon held his tail in his mouth and drops of his blood fell into a silverly, silverly, silvery, silvery. <laughs> oh my God, 
silvery liquid below. I sought out the next image in the series, the bird of Hermes, who flew towards the chemical marriage. The bird reminded me that the illustration of the wedding from Ashmole 782. I think it might be possible to devise a quicker method to achieve the same result, Mary said, drawing back my attention. She pulled a quill from her upswept hair, leaving a black smudge over her ear. What do you imagine would happen if, if we filed the silver before dissolving it in the aqua fortis? See, this is where it lost me. I was like, what? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Tell me a story. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, are, you, are we supposed to answer that question? <laughs> yeah. And then they spent a pleasant afternoon discussing new ways to make an Arbor Diany. But it was all over too soon. Mary's like, um, will I see you Thursday? And Diana's like, yeah, I have other shit to do, girl. You know, I got my witch classes. <laughs> and Mary's like, Friday then? Friday. This is where Mary wonders, Diana, are you okay? And you're pale and you look tired. Girl, I know. I feel you. <laughs> this is my mm-hmm. life lately. <laughs> and then she's like, like most mothers, I'm prone to. And then she's like, oh, you are with child. And then Diana confirms it by saying, I will have many questions for you in weeks ahead. And then she asks, how far along are you? Not far, keeping my answer deliberately vague. But the child cannot be Matthew's. A is not able to father a child. And then she kind of glosses this part over and says he cons- he considers it his own blood. Which is oh, not shit. a lie. No, no. Abiding the spirit. <laughs> yes. And so she's like, I'll have Joan make you a soft custard that fortifies the blood, yet is very soothing to the stomach if taken at the, the night before you sleep. It was a great help to me in my last pregnancy, and it seems to lessen my sickness in the morning. And then she's like, I've been free of complaint. So Diana's not feeling any of the sickness, but Mary, Mary's seeing it. Right. Like, there's something wrong here. And then she's like, you should guard against fatigue. And when you're here on Friday, you must not stand so long, but take your ease on a stool while we work. And she's worried about Diana. She's seen something Diana doesn't see. And Diana's like, it's only a five minute walk. It's not a big deal. I'm fine. And that night I dreamt that I slept under the limbs of a tree that grew from my womb. Its branches shielded me from the moonlight while high above a dragon flew through the night. When it reached the moon, the dragon's tail curled around the silver orb and turned red. I awoke to an empty bed and blood soaked sheets. Francoise, I cried feeling a sudden and sharp cramp. Matthew came running instead. A devastated look on his face when he reached my side confirmed my fears. And she lost the baby, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the end of that chapter. Anything you guys want to add? This was a full-blown, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Still don't know what we're going to call this episode. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do have actually kind of a big thing. Mm. Her dream as as she's miscarrying, the, the tree bloomed from her womb and shielded her from the moon above and shielded her from the moonlight above. If you think about it, in the oubliette, in that dream, mm-hmm. the tree grew and the roots protected her from below yes there was a uh, the net of roots that protected her from below what was it what was the miscarriage i hate to call it the miscarriage tree what was the miscarriage tree protecting her from i don't know I mean, is this when when Cora first shows up, though? That's always my question, because she does meet her familiar eventually. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm wondering if I'm wondering if it's the goddess. I mean, protecting her from the moon, the shielding the baby from the moonlight. I'm almost wondering if it's the goddess protecting them both by taking the baby because they're going to be going to Prague and there was going to be no way to hide it because they run into Pistorius and... Right. That's true. I look at it the opposite way when it says shielding me from the moonlight, like keeping her out, not keeping her in. You know what I mean? Like it's not protecting her. Like 
protecting her from it's the gods lost. instead of well yeah. no she's like there's there's something that's covering the moonlight so diana's not basking in the moonlight any longer and she's losing the baby right and she should be basking in the moonlight that's uh-huh. where she belongs right i see it as her life is so fractured right now <laughs> and uh-huh. the dragon was coming to embrace the moon and focus her and get her i mean just getting her back to ground zero because she needed to be because she was all over the place i don't know well and and the dragon the dragon almost takes the place of the baby uh, literally and figuratively yes 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 so these are some sad chapters coming up yeah this, um, this is like one of the first times that i really didn't like matthew yeah yeah because mm-hmm. um, all he could do was think of himself mm-hmm. at this point yeah and i can see how that could happen because people do turn inward yeah during these times yep. so mm-hmm. Whew, okay going once going twice anybody sold sold, sold. All right, let's go on to some housekeeping, which is brought to you by Linda Zip. Linda Zip, I love that. Housekeeping. I'll start because I get to live another day. Yay! Apple Podcast five star review. Oh my god! (laughs) From Lost is Great from the UK. She says, I think this is a great podcast. The length of podcasts are just about right. I like the chemistry between the hosts. There is good analysis of the books. I like it. Succinct. Very short, yep. succinct. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you. Lost is great. They cut it too short, though. I was very angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's like the TV show Lost. Yeah. I was going to say, I have some housekeeping, too. Sure. It's from Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Lynn, our, our sponsor, Lynn. Hello, demon women. Just wanted to tell you I finally caught up with your podcast from the beginning. There is an impressive growth curve you've accomplished these years. From the first tenuous steps, your rapport is, with each other has become smooth and easy. Technically, you have it down. Your oh. business and it is a business, is smart and escalating. You make it all look easy, and we know easy is hard work. The best thing is that you do it for us lucky listeners. When Angela said she was going to subscribe to Some Dance Now early so she could share it with us, well, that solidified how passionate you are with this wonderful podcast you've created. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your passion, persistence, and I hope selfishly that you never tire of it. Kisses, the sleeper. You've got me pegged, Jean. (laughs) I love it. I love that she recognized is that this is a lot of work because it is it is it's not I mean you go into it blindly like oh we'll just do this but then you find yourself liking it and then you want it to be the best it can it does take a lot of work but it's worth it to us and we we're glad it's worth it to you guys definitely all right I have one from Alicia hi Alicia yay thanks Alicia yay I wanted you guys to know that I love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. These emails are just gems in my inbox, and I always appreciate the distraction. I'm loving the new book, and I'm assuming she's talking about Times Convert. Yes. And I just learned that I'm going to see Deb in La Jolla in San Diego in October 11th. So this is way past. Sorry, but this is why we do the housekeeping segments to catch up on our old emails. And I needed to tell someone who would get my excitement. Yes. So belated yay! Well, how about a belated yay? and say if you have pictures or any details you want to share you can tweet us message us whatever we'll be happy to share them and get excited over them yes and she closes thank you for your commitment and passion to the discovery witches project xoxoxoxoxoxo alicia thank you alicia (laughs) thank you okay Moving right along. We're going to save it for the show. And this episode, Save It For The Show, is brought to you by Lisa Slack. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Save it. 
Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. This episode, save it for the show. The topic, consent is consent. Images, words, everything being put out by content creators, as it is for the fandom. We were robbed, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, not just once. We get robbed. We used to get robbed a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, Which is why we've been very tentative about putting out all the things we think of. Yes. When we first started, I would make all kinds of graphics. Uh, these two would type all kinds of blog posts and people would share the words as their own or they would take the graphics and just paste them somewhere and say, oh, look at my art. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah. I, I always loved. I always loved when my research was parroted back to me word for word, like yeah. it was a epiphany. You know, hey, let me tell you all about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you got that, and the original sitting in my computer, having to stay. We had uh, recently. This is, and we all look at each other like, okay, this is why we can't have nice things. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what was it? Recently, we saw some of the stuff we had made in the exact. Now, these are all the elements of this particular graphic could be used and rearranged into something different. However, our arrangement was used for a button for some. I don't know if these were being sold. I don't think they were being sold. That's why I, oh, we didn't pursue oh, it. Oh, 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 the yeah. Bishop Claremont button. Yeah, the Bishop Claremont. And anybody can say, well, no, I just made that on my own. Oh, but you chose that same exact font. You use that same exact banner that I knew I drew. Made. Like five, six, seven, eight years ago. Eight years ago now. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it was a while. It was a long time ago. That's all fine and dandy. And we just put out something today, a matter of fact, and I was very tentative about doing that. But I love doing graphics and I don't mind sharing them. I just don't like to see them sold. And I don't like I don't like to see people like parse them out. Yeah. And or degrade them. Or I mean, or have them show up on merchandise uh, and we see them in public. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of bad. It's oh well, bad. God. Speaking of which, I felt so bad. I felt so bad for Colleen Madden. Oh, tell that story. Yeah, somebody in the fandom took a whole bunch of Colleen's original work from uh, her old Fetch Goody also site, the exclusive credentials from the first con. Yeah. The Diana um, with her the Diana fingers. with her f- blue fingers and yeah. some other items and put together a collage and sold it, gave it, licensed it to a book gift box and claimed it as her own. Yep. When it's all my the original art. art when all the original art is actually Colleen's. Oh yeah. my gosh. When she basically all she did was collage it and put some words over it. Yeah. Okay, so that image That's not cool. <laughs> that image is can be shared into the fandom, but to be shared as a part of, of something a, for sale is for, a violation yeah. of copyright law. Yeah, you can't do that. That it's, is not fair use. Our terms of service got jacked for our giveaways. We've been using some variation of the same ones ever since we started having giveaways back in 2013, 2014. To say some people 
people will be like, well, so what? I mean, terms of service are terms of service. It's like, no, a lot of work goes into those to make sure that they are legal and that they comply with Facebook's terms of service, Instagram's terms of service. It takes a lot of work for Angela and then for me to run down and make sure we're in compliance for us to do those and do those give it, giveaways for you. And that's hours of work and people just steal it. Well, yeah. And there's yeah. not like a, just like a well that we go, oh, let's go find a disclaimer and then like go to the well and pluck it out. It's like, no, yeah. it's actual. It's not like it's work. It's not a form. It's not just no. a form you find somewhere. You've got to put it together and craft it. You have it. to draft it. Yes. And understand and, how it works. And, and you have to understand what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And instead of just pasting it there and that happened to us and we called the person out and the person's like, Oh, no, no problem. I'll take it down. I'm like, well, you shouldn't do it in the first place. Right. What you you shouldn't put it up, put it up to begin with. Ah, so I mean, plagiarism, illegal. It's not only illegal, but if you're copying, pasting something you don't understand, you could be really messing it up and perpetuating yeah. uh, errors. <laughs> as or we, you're stealing, or you're stealing an outdated one and you're screwing yourself, but oh well, you know, yeah. that's on you. I mean, we saw that on Instagram recently. Someone had yes. a giveaway and I'm like, they're copying, pasting this and some of this isn't even correct information. Yeah. It's, it's not, it hasn't been valid for four years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fandom is getting bigger and we're going to see a lot more artwork come out, be it graphic design, drawing. Um, you're going to see quotes floating around from the books, but those can't be sold because the copyright. Yeah. Copyright belongs to Deb. You can't copyright names, alchemical symbols. You cannot copyright those. So those because are, those are common. Yes, it, it's there's a lot out there, and there's legal landmines out there. And so what Tons we're letting, yeah. So what we're letting you guys know, especially if you want to put out content or if you want to s- start an Etsy shop, don't get yourself in trouble with the studio and put a big picture of Matthew Good as Matthew Claremont on a T-shirt and sell it. Yes, are you they crazy? Will, yes, <laughs> they will come. After you, don't do and this. And that's exactly what happened in Outlander. So Sony is no joke. Well, and here's the other: you're stealing twice over. Not only are you stealing the content of the studio, you're stealing. Here's another thing: people need to be really careful. Use stock photos. Don't just go find something on the internet and do your thing to it, because you're stealing from the photographer. Unless it is free stock, or you mm-hmm. have a stock subscription for uh, stock photographs, mm-hmm. you're stealing. Unless you're you've stealing. got a license to use that photograph, or it's yours. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Now, as a fan, you can take a photo of, let's say, Teresa Palmer and edit it in Photoshop or whatever it is you use to edit it and put it out as, hey, this is a fan. This is what they call fan art. Yes. As long as you're not selling it or using it to sell something else or using mm-hmm. it to sell something else and you're giving it away. Mm-hmm. And basically, you're saying here, fandom, this is for you. But like for us, we had to think very carefully carefully, we put out something for the fandom and had Matthew Good on it. There was a lot of work that went into altering that picture to make it him seem vampiric. You just didn't alter the picture. You created a whole background. and Yeah, that background scene is copyright me. Yes. <laughs> for, for real. Well, um, and, and here's one more thing to, to say just on the whole selling thing. I mean, to the point where, and this example came up a lot, comes up a lot in the independent author community. You cannot even say, hey, look, XYZ is my inspiration for my character ABC by my book at Link. Yeah. Even that, yeah, it, that, that. that is not fair use. You can't yeah. use, you can't sell what you've done with the image. You can't use an image to sell something else. Basically, if money's changing hands anywhere near some
somebody else's copyrighted work you don't have a license for, yeah, you're in trouble. Unless it's your own personal sketch. Of well, that's why I said something something that's or you have a proper license for to use. Yeah, in a commercial yeah. basis. Now, if you are good at drawing, you can draw a picture of Matthew Good, and that's all you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can sketch a, pat, a picture of any of the characters, and that's all you. However, it does get dicey. Like if you were to sell mass sell your drawing on a t-shirt the studio can still come after you it's just a mess <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a mess but i mean if you were to sell a painting that you actually did based on a picture you could that's legal mm-hmm. because uh the picture was your was your model <laughs> Yes, so, it is. Yeah, you can do that. So this is kind of a public service. If you're a fan out there and you're on Twitter and you see all these images and you, you share them, that's great. But before you go posting them on a website as a collage and saying, this is my art, yeah, mm-hmm. think twice, please. Think twice. Yeah, yeah, that's that was I, I my heart was in my stomach when I saw that. It was so upsetting to me for Colleen. Yeah, yeah it's not good. So, yeah, that's all with that. Anything anything else to add to that? No, I was going to say right now, no. everyone's been cool. You know, no one's gone after everyone, anyone else. But I think that's going to change with seasons two and three on the horizon. Yeah, well, I think even even as the season because the season one is still gathering steam because yeah. Great Britain's the only one who's seen it, really. So it's going to come to Australia, New Zealand, and when it hits the U.S., boosh, because, you know, we're crazy over here. (laughs) Yes, I know. Once it hits the U.S., I feel like, you know, they always said, what was that thing in Sex and the City? First the gays, then the girls, then the world. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I feel like once it hits the U.S., uh, we go fan nuts. We have all the crazy conventions. The U.K. is a little more, uh, you know, buttoned up. Yes, true. Maybe not. They're, they're catching up to us. But yeah, it, it'll explode when it hits the United States. If we have our say, hopefully, if Sundance does their marketing correctly, yes. it'll blow up. So it's about to get crazy. And we don't want any of our listeners to get caught up in that. So no. please watch your P's and Q's out there when you're sharing copyrighted work. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Okay, so that's good right there. And uh, after this break, we'll go to last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at Demons Discuss or at Demons Domain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there, too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text A-D-O-W as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text A-D-O-W to 444-999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it, you're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! 
Anybody have any last thoughts? Yes, I do have a last thought. I got to go see Deb in Austin on the 16th, which was like a dark and stormy night for real. We had been like on the third day straight of rain. So that was an exciting drive down. But it was amazing. Met, uh, got to spend some time with Kip. Uh, met Valerie Stroko, who was just wonderful and big part of the fandom and met a lot of new fans, old fans, freaked out, met a listener who recognized me by my voice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy town. Jamie, it was great to meet you. Deb was fabulous as always. What else? Goodness. So much has happened in the last two weeks. Oh, and you've run out of her. cards. You run I out ran, of cards. Yes, and book I cards. did my secret squirrel mission. Yeah, handed yeah. them all out. Uh, replenish of those this week, actually, because it mm-hmm. is Patreon Day. Most oh, importantly, my, my signing line find out. I did get to ask her about the Irish Weaver, and she says, "Well, you're never going to find her with the clue that I gave you." So, oh, oh, okay. To be continued. So dot dot dot. To be continued. Dot dot dot. And I also asked her about Goody Alsop, which was one of our observations from the last episode. I'm like, she knows a heck of a whole lot more than she's letting on. And she says, yes. I said, and she knows Philippe, doesn't she? And she just sort of smiled and she said, there's a lot to her story and just left it at that. Oh, no! <laughs> cliffhanger! Yeah, total cliffhanger. Total oh, cliffhanger. Oh, well... I told her, she's killing, you're killing me with these answers. All right. So let's go with my last thought. Your last Uh, thought is? My last thought is the Facebook group again. We haven't locked it up yet and we're not going to until we hit that magic number of 200. Mm -hmm. But we've removed the direct link to the group from the show notes. Now the link will take you to a form. So this way you're not relying on Facebook to feed you the questions that you need to answer. You need to answer them on the form and we will manually add you from now on to our Facebook group. And once we hit 200, you'll no longer be able to find our Facebook group just by searching for it. So this is how we're going to do it. This is step one, mm-hmm. apply through the form. And it's nothing different than what we asked before. Exact same questions, just same same questions. And we did put a, do you agree to follow our simple little rules? Like, don't be a dick. You know, (laughs) so yeah. And the word is still the same fucking fire trick. And we'll leave hints all over the show notes. Also, (laughs) as Angela's last thought, she's been typing away and preparing a little thing. Uh, We're going to have our ghost emoji drawing. And I think it's very fitting right now because we just had that run in with Jerry. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's let's do it. Are we going to do the random? Random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do random. Are you pulling that up or am I pulling it up? I, I'm pulling it up. Don't okay. worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Random.org. Okay. All right. So drum roll. Okay. So the winner is 14. Who is 14? 14 is Suzanne. Suzanne! Yay! You win your choice of the Hilliard necklace, either Matthew or Diana, and we'll get in touch with you soon, Suzanne. So thank you. Yay. Yay. We'll, we'll hold another one really, really soon. And of course, you'll have time to enter it because apparently, you know how we run. Apparently, yeah. these things don't have a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> the deadline is when we remember to draw. When we remember to draw. <laughs> but we do always deliver in the end. And yes. We always deliver in the end. So yes, Congratulations, Suzanne. And that's it. Angela, did you have any last thoughts on top of that? That is my last thought. Yay! 
<laughs> okay, everybody, let's say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.